Will Mauricio Dubon did the unthinkable. He got nominated for two gold gloves, took one of them home. We're going to talk about that. And who is Dana Brown pushing for the next manager of the Houston Astros? Let's talk about this on another offseason edition, Locked on Astros. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we're to join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day, all off season. Brett, where can we find you at? They can find me at HM Wheelhouse on X, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Stros411 on X, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. Guys, thank you for making Locked On Astros podcast your first listen every day. Whether it's on YouTube, go and subscribe to us. Go and make us your first listen. Become part of the Everydayer family. So many listens to our podcast every day. Go and make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Go and check out the Locked On Astros podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's a hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. So I know the Texans had a pretty uh, dramatic win today. Yeah. And I know the Astros are looking to have a win of offseason. I, I know a lot of people point back to what happened last offseason. You basically didn't uh, bring your GM back. You didn't have a GM for most offseason. And but now this year you have a situation where you have a GM. Now you can go out there, but you don't have a huge budget. Like you're getting close right. to uh, the RE luxury tax threshold. So how much is Jim Crane going to go above the luxury tax threshold? Who is going to be the next Astros manager? I know Bob Nightingale had a report about who um, Dana Brown wants to be the manager for the Houston Astros, whether that's true or not. Um, we'll, we'll see you later. And Mauricio Dubon, congrat- congratulations. I, we're all depressed. We're like, I guess nobody from the Astros is going to win <laughs> a gold glove this year. And then uh, the last thing that they picked was the utility guy. And guess what? He's our Mr. Utility guy. He is the guy that could do everything. And that's why you want him on your team. And we'll talk about the Silver Slugger nominations and Hector Neres. He's officially a free agent. Um, for the, um, he's no longer Astro, basically. And so I don't know if he's going to come back. And you want to do a uh, spotlight on somebody in the Arizona Fall League, we'll do that yeah. as well. So a lot to talk about in this edition of the Lockdown Astros podcast. Yeah, it is. And, you know, to to lead off um, the story that Bob Nightingale um, came out with. And, you know, sometimes when Bob Nightingale reports, you tend to pause a little bit because you wonder if what he's saying is actually going to come true. If it's fodder, um, he seems to swing and miss quite a bit. There are a couple of these national reporters that when they say stuff, everybody's looking for Passan or Rosenthal, or someone else to kind of confirm this. But I don't think this is a stretch. I don't I don't think this is something that is a mysterious, um, ambiguous, like, 
you know, thing that people are like, well, I, I wonder where the Astros are going with this. I, I really believe that Dana Brown understands that Joe Espada is the guy that knows this clubhouse, knows the culture. And Dana Brown came from a place that had a culture that he helped build up. So my thinking is, why would Dana Brown disrupt that and bring someone in from the outside? Even someone he's familiar with from like the Braves organization. Not that someone coming in would just be a bull in a china shop and wreck everything. Right. But to me, Espada, the way he carries himself in the clubhouse, he always respected Dusty Baker's position. He never tried to step on his toes. You know, being in Espada's shoes, you could be a person that would tend to kind of garner some hard feelings towards other people getting a position over you. And that could come out in your performance and games, leak out to the media. I never heard any of that stuff. Joe Espada to me is the ultimate professional. Not only is he a Latin player, but he understands the Latin players. And like I said, he understands the culture. So Bob Nightingale reporting this, Eric, doesn't seem like it's too far-fetched. Yes. So the actual quote from his article says, Houston Astros GM Dana Brown is pushing for bench coach Joe Espada to be promoted to as manager to replace Dusty Baker. And I know a lot of us, I know uh, Bob Nightingale also said that uh, he and Brad Osmus were the leading candidates at one point. Uh, Brad Osmus, I, depending on who you believe, I, I don't know if he's even going to interview, but I'm sure he'll get an interview. But um, we know that Joe Espada has been kind of waiting in the wings, so to speak, uh, of working with Dusty Baker, learning mm -hmm. the ropes. And he knows what he's doing. He's already interviewed for many teams. And I think this guy is ready. Uh, the question is, um, what's what does Jim Crane want to do? And so it's um, Dana Brown wants Joe Espada. So the ball's in Jim Crane's court. So does he want to go with a rookie manager, so to speak? Or does he want to go with somebody with some experience, like a Craig Council, like somebody, Ron Washington, uh, Walt Weiss, um, some of the other names we've been talking about uh, over the past couple of weeks. So that's something that Jim Crane has to do some soul searching because uh, Joe Espada, he knows this team. He knows their weaknesses. And um, one of the games the Astros did win uh, in ALCS was um, well, that game where Dusty Baker did have to leave and then uh, then all the magic happened. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Dusty Baker did, I remember him, I remember he addressed that and he said that that plan was in place to have those guys pinch hit earlier in the game. I mean, I don't know, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but at the end of the day, it just makes sense. Joe Espada is the guy that I've always wanted. I have, kind of talked about, you know, maybe a Washington, maybe a Y, someone different, you know, with your home woes and the way your team hits at home. Do right. you need just any kind of shift to get these players that are already, look, Alex Bregman's not going to prepare differently for a game because a new manager comes in. Jose Altuve is not going to change his routine. Jordan Alvarez, like these guys are veterans. They're established. So they don't really necessarily need this. But what the manager is, is the person that is the glue, is the person that makes these key decisions. And I really hope that because Espada has exercised this maturity, I don't see Espada doing some of the things and falling into some of the things that I think Dusty Baker fell into. The I think he let the criticism get to him. I think he took it personally. 
And I think that negatively impacted his job throughout the year. Now, they were one win away from going to the World Series. It wasn't a terrible job, but at times there was a lot of questioning. Espada, I think, will come under the same scrutiny, but will have some grace because it's his first managerial job. But I think everybody's wanted him. And I think everybody wanted Espada before they even hired Dusty Baker um, because he just seemed like he was the next man up. That was the guy. And so now I think this is his opportunity. Don't pass this guy up. Don't leave him on the end of the bench as a bench coach and go, oh, you know what, by the way, hang on for another couple of years. We're going to get this other guy. That just, that to me would be disrespectful professionally and personally. Espada, for all intents and purposes, deserves this job. Yeah, and uh, that's definitely something that uh, we're going to be talking about until they announce who's the next Astros manager. Uh, Joe Espada has done enough, but like I said, uh, is Jim Crane, who wants to win now, uh, is he going to go with a rookie manager? So that's something that we can continue to discuss later. Also, uh, Mauricio Devon, he wins the gold glove, not at second base, like a lot of people were kind of hoping, but at a much needed position for the Houston Astros. And also we'll look at some silver slugger uh, nominations and also talk a little bit about the uh, new ballpark village that the Astros are be, um, working on. So um, yeah, a lot to, uh, to talk about still to come. All right, if you guys are ready for some action, let me tell you, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you put money on the Texans today and you saw C.J. Stroud's comeback victory, you won. On Monday night, it's the Jets versus the Chargers. The Jets are the heavy underdog, the the Money line is plus 152. The Chargers are favored at minus 180. But if you're going to bet $5 on the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 then you will get $150 in bonus bets. That's right. If you have been thinking about joining FanDuel, why wait? It's an easily used app, a wide range of options, spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and keep the NFL season rolling like C.J. Stroud coming from behind for a Texans victory. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Marisu Jabon, he did it. Um, I'm excited. I know a lot of people are like, well, Kyle Tucker, he didn't have his best defensive season. I know that the if you look at the analytics, it would say that he did not have a great season, but uh, he still makes those great plays out there that kind of make you forget about things. Um, you also had Alex Bregman uh, was another finalist, but Matt Chapman uh, beat out Bregman. And also you had Adoles Garcia won it in right field. And so you also had Dubon going for second base and some guy named Zach. Um, sorry. No, who won second base? But, um, Andreas Jimenez from the Guardians. Okay. So uh, Dubon edge Zach McKinstry and uh, the Rays Taylor Walls for the utility award. So he was the super utility for the entire American League. So congratulations. He played every position for the Houston Astros except for a pitcher and a uh, catcher. So uh, could he was he, out there. Could he be the platinum winner since he was nominated for two? 
He I mean, could, typically, I but I honestly think someone asked that earlier. I think the platinum winner is probably going to go to Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman yeah. just had a year, dude. He he was that dude is he's a great third baseman. I mean, if we didn't have Alex Bregman, I, I would want Matt Chapman. I think over just about anybody in this league. Um, the the Gold Glove nominations and the Gold Glove awards, MLB. Can we get a different format for this show? This is the most dry run through. This is like a fourth grade award show where everybody in the fourth grade gets an award. You invite all the parents and you've got to hear their names run through. Like, I mean, it was terrible. They just ran through the nominees. They just ran through the names and then they showed a couple highlights. It was terrible. I mean, this is like the Pro Bowl of award shows. It's awful. It needs to end. So Rob Manfred, with your weird smile and your cringy voice crack at the World Series, can we please take this away from ESPN? It's a terrible format. Carl Ravitch, or whatever the guy's name is, I'm sorry. It's just not a good show. This is, I, was, I was so frustrated watching this award show. I was like, this is an award show. This is like people reading off names. It was about as bland and as boring as getting gas station coffee. It was bad, dude. So I just, like, they don't make a big deal of it. I mean, you know, I don't know. I just, they, MLB has, they do a horrible job marketing. Can you all please hire me, Major League Baseball? I promise you, I will step the game up big time. H-Town Wheelhouse, you can find me at chanceyedge at gmail.com. Email me. I'll send you my resume. I'll start working for you all tomorrow. Y'all need to work on these award shows. That was pathetic. All right. Uh, let's go and get back to Mauricio Devon. He did sorry. the gold glove. Sorry. Uh, it just, sorry. It just really bothered me because, look, I mean, with someone like Mauricio Devon winning it, Matt Chapman winning it, these, these guys deserve a little bit more than, like, some, some run-through freaking – anyways, go ahead, Eric. Uh, so uh, he did a video for the, uh, I think he just sent a video in to reporters, but he said he wanted to thank uh, Dusty Baker for giving him opportunity to play multiple positions. And uh, he also wanted to thank Omar and Joe for all the help he had for playing all these different positions, because it's not just the player that's involved because if he knows he's playing left field he's got to go out there and get ready to play left field if he's going to be playing right field he's got to get out there first base third base shortstop second base they're all different positions the ball comes at you different angles different speeds everything uh like third base is probably uh you probably get the hardest hit balls of everything so you have to be ready and so uh, for him to do that. And he said last month, he said that the trade to Houston was the best thing for my career. Yeah, I got smarter. I got a little stronger, but my ability hasn't changed. For me, it was a matter of getting a chance. And thanks to the Astros, the Astros gave me a chance to get out of there and show people what I can do. So good job, Mauricio Devon. You did it. <laughs> Oh, no, he did. And, you know, this is the difference between a ball club that values you and your talent and a ball club that doesn't. And clearly, the San Francisco Giants mismanaged and mishandled Mauricio Dubon because the way the Astros put him in place, and then he was forced into that position, taking over for Altuve. I mean, those are big shoes to fill. You're talking about a guy that's come in that is, quote-unquote, a fan favorite, but that's his marketability and we knew he had defensive skills but he 
was weak in some and, you know, stronger in others. And, you know, he would kind of play this position, play that position. And everything you want a utility person to be, he became, not only with his glove, but with his bat, whether he was on the bench or whether he was in the starting lineup, whether he was pinch hitting, it didn't matter. Mauricio Dubon was a key contributor to this Houston Astros team in 2023, and I'm excited to see what he does next year as well. He's going to be able to fill in. If a guy goes down, you can count on this guy, and he's what Alednes Diaz was supposed to be, and he is what every team wishes they had. He is really, I think, the, the envy of the league when his contract comes up, and if he keeps doing what he's doing, He's going to get a handsome reward and get a raise um, at some point, and it's going to be well-deserved. Plus, according to Dusty Baker, he is the arm. He is the arm in center field, and he's got the, <laughs> the cannon arm in center field. So, well, uh, he's, got a, he's got a good arm. Oh, but, yeah, I know. You know, but yeah, you're right. I'll, I'll and, just never forget, um, like, they, he kind of had each one of the center fielders kind of, like, one of them has a good arm, one of them's got the good speed, and one of them is the bat. Did, did he ever say he was a big boy or not a grown or, or not a big boy yet? Did oh, he no, he's not a big boy. No. Oh. He won a gold glove. He's got to be a big boy now. He's not Alvarez. He's not Bregman. He's not going to be big boy territory for Dusty Baker. You have to earn your stripes. And I think he's honorary big boy. (laughs) Okay. All right. Chaz McCormick wants a word with you uh, because he's still not honorary big boy. So you know what is going to be a big boy for the Houston Astros? It's going to be this new downtown uh, ballpark village that they're going to have. It's going to be right next to the ballpark. This is something that a lot of – a lot of ballparks are doing a lot of teams. Um, so uh, the Braves uh, ballpark, uh, I forgot what they called it. Uh, it's the, called the battery, I believe. The battery. Yes. The battery is um, it's for, I haven't been there, but from what I understand, it's pretty cool. You can go and like, uh, just, it's kind of just like an area where it's like entertainment. You can, there's hotels and there's just stuff for you to go hang out with before the game. And so um, this weekend they went ahead and, um, they went and presented their proposal and it's going to be a two acre site. It's going to be bordered by Texas Capitol and Hamilton. And it's going to be basically where the, uh, was it the home plate that old? It's where the parking lot is now. Yeah. It's where they tore down the home plate grill. It's a parking lot that's actually owned by Jim Crane. And so that, that whole area is going to turn into just a megaplex there's going to be a big screen where you can watch the game outside of the stadium. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you're going to improve some of the downtown, I guess, life outside of the stadium during right. the game. So maybe you don't have to have a ticket. You know, Eric, I went to the ALCS game five and I, um, I went and hung out at Texas live there um, right there next to globe life, right on the campus of it. That's a great, if it's going to be anything like that, like that is an awesome experience. That is a fun place to go. They've got arcade games and right. all that stuff. So I'm hoping the Astros match that or one up them and just have a place even better because it's a really it's really neat to be in the area even if you're not at the game. Uh, whether my opinions were actually heard or not, but I was asked <laughs> my opinions about what should be at that uh, what like type of restaurants and what type of uh, places should be there. And I think I had suggested like, if you're going to have like a green area, have it where there's like a little um, um, mini 
the baseball diamond there just so kids can go play and uh, the parents can just walk around and just drink and enjoy watching game with the big screen or something like that. So we'll see if any of that uh, gets taken care of, but this is, it's going to be about $9.6 million to uh, create this, but this is going to not just help the Astros. It's going to help the community. It's going to help bring in more employment, but it's going to keep interest in downtown area all year round, not just during the uh, the Astro season. Because what do you hear about all the uh, restaurants and stuff around that area? Oh, well, uh, during baseball season, it's really popular. But then after that, it kind of slows down a little bit. So right. I think this will kind of bring more life to downtown area and uh, be become more of a let's go here. Let's get there early. And maybe you'll get some more butts in the seats uh, early in game two. Now, and, but this isn't going to start until after the 2024 season. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, I so believe it, so. Yeah, yeah. So, so we won't, so you won't see it next year. Um, you may see construction start next year, but they'll probably wait till after the season. It says um, work can begin in November of 2024. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. So it'd be the end of the season, 2024. Um, you know, and I'm sitting here monitoring the chat. There, there is a lot of chatter um, about this Cuban pitcher about this Japanese pitcher that's being made available. Um, I think the Astros are one of the teams that scouted this Cuban pitcher. And I would like to, at some point, bring back on Phil Seelig um, of Cuba Dugout because he's done a deep dive recently. I've been retweeting some of his articles. Right. So if, if, if you follow us on Twitter, we'll get him on and we'll find out about some of these players. Because even though the Astros have had 20-plus Cubans in their system, we haven't necessarily developed a lot of Cuban players um, other than you outside of Jordan Alvarez, the, you know, most of the guys that, that we've got, that we've come in have been already like in the pros, like a, um, uh, what's his name? I'm calling old per- calling old Perez. Was that his name? Um, and then, you yeah, yeah. CNL Perez, um, Alibnis Diaz, those guys were already pros, but I would like to see the Astros get some of these Cuban guys and really develop them through our system, um, over the long term. Yes. Guys, thank you for making the Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day. Whether it's on YouTube, go and subscribe to us. Go and make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Go and check out the Locked on Astros podcast, please. And go and make us your first listen. Become an everydayer and join the club. Uh, It's spreading like wildfire, and we just want you to join as well. All right, so let's go and move on to the Silver Slugger nominations. Uh, you have that list, Brent? Yeah, we have um, – you have three Astros on there. You have Kyle Tucker, you have Alex Bregman, and Jordan Alvarez. Alvarez? As... I don't think he deserves to be on there. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Eric. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yes. Um, no, Um Kyle Tucker, I mean, you, what you remember most recently is his playoff right. debacle. But during the season, he led the league in RBI. Jordan Alvarez, when he was healthy, was one of the best hitters, and if not the best hitter, I think, on the planet right now, all around. And then Alex Bregman. He's just – his OPS, his ability at the plate – to get on base, even when he doesn't get hits, but to get extra base hits, to get doubles, things like that. 
Um, these are these are three guys that I think deserve this nomination. Right. Um, you hated that Jose Altuve also wasn't in there. You wondered if maybe he missed Russo, a lot of season. He did. He did. He did miss a lot of season. But it would it would have been cool to see. I mean, Jordan missed quite a bit too. You know, but yeah, he's but not still as in much there. As he did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, I like the nominations. Yeah, but uh, so moving on, uh, Hector Neris is now a free agent. Uh, so he officially declined his player option, $8.5 million. So he signed a two-year deal back in uh, 2022. So he had, um, so now he is a free agent for 2024. So he's looking for a lot of money. So that money you signed Rafael Montero for, you could be using possibly for this guy. So unfortunately, it's just um, sometimes you when you don't have a GM, you kind of allocate your funds for the wrong pitcher. And I think that's possibly what the Astros did there. But we'll have to see. Yeah, unfortunately, the Montero debacle. Uh, yeah, shut you out of the Neri sweepstakes. I think you just raised the price on Neri's when you did that. You didn't realize what kind of season Neri's going to have. But to me, Neri's is the guy that you would pay because he's had more years where he's proven that he can not only relief, but he can close. I mean, he can do it all, kind of. And he's got that fire. I just, I really wish you could go back in time and maybe sign Neri's to that contract <laughs> instead of Montero. He was under contract at the time. So he buys well, I know. Well, you could have extended him instead of signing Montero to the fifth highest relief pitcher contract in the league, which he clearly was overpaid. Sometimes I think these guys do get paid this because they do something for a team. They're a part of a great run. And sometimes clubs award them. You know, this is a guy though, honestly, Montero, I think holds value. I honestly wouldn't mind. And the Astros aren't going to do this. Why don't you pay 5 million of his salary, trade him, tell a team you're going to pay part of his salary. And then, I mean, just bite the bullet, you know, just pay him to go somewhere if you're not confident that he's going to do the job. But apparently Dana Brown said he has faith in their starters and their relievers that they have here in Houston. And Hector Neres isn't a part of those plans. So you wonder, will he come back and will they sign a deal for him? Because they're what, only like 7 million, like you said, under the CBT. And I don't see any where that I get the good feeling that Crane is going to overspend this this offseason. Cody Bellinger is the only guy I would be like, yeah, let's go out and spend some money for. But at the same time, that will be kind of risk because um, he's had his ups and downs. And uh, last year he had a great season, but we don't know if that's really who we're getting. So it's kind of a risk at that point. That's a huge risk That's because right. he would be 20-plus million, wouldn't he? Yeah. And if you're not going to twelve million, I believe. Yeah, if you're not going to open the pocketbook for Kyle Tucker this offseason, you sure as heck aren't going to open the pocketbook for someone like Cody Bellinger. Josh Hader, I would love to have. I see that in. Confidence. Oh, me too. Yeah, but Trevor Hoffman as his agent or whatever's going on with that situation, I think he he wants to be a closer, and I don't think it with the Astros he's going to be a closer. He may get some saves, but I think he wants to well, get that full time. Well, yeah, and you know, there's also the thing where he doesn't want to pitch more than four outs in a game or something, where he puts restrictions on his on his innings, and so right. I think that's going to limit him. And 
what's interesting is someone like a Trevor Hoffman endorsed him after him coming off of things like that. So, yeah. um, but you know, it's going to be an interesting off season. Who knows? Crane may surprise us, but folks don't hold your breath. I don't have a lot of confidence that Crane's going to go out there and get, I mean, I've got free agents on the list that I want, but I don't think he's going to go out and get a whole lot. Now I would think that the Rangers winning would, would cause him to want that, but I don't know. I guess only time will tell. All right, Brett, it is time for our spotlight Arizona Fall League. Let's go. Oh, okay. No, I don't need again. to come roll. <laughs> no, it's all good. So Tyler Guilfoyle what is a six foot four right hander. He has basically become one of the season, one of the team's top performers. You probably haven't heard of him. He was an eighth rounder in the 2022 draft. He's got high strikeout stuff. He punched out 34.7% of the batters that he faced between single A Fayetteville and high A Asheville en route to becoming one of the elite prospects. And recently in a game, he basically went out there, struck out five batters, and he landed 40 of his 62 pitches for strikes. And he says, I'm not necessarily relying on my fastball, but I had really good feel for the location of where it was going. He said, my fastball plays well in the zone, and I was able to throw it on both sides of the plate. And the cutter was a supplemental to that. I was throwing it to the lefties, throwing the changeup away to the lefties as well. I mixed them up, kept them on their toes, and that's what helped me be successful. He posted a minuscule 1.59 ERA um, across 51 innings in 2022 a performance that earned him first-team All-Southeastern Conference honors. So this Tyler Guilfoyle, 23 years old, is a guy that we need to pay attention to because he is someone who might make an impact on the Astros sooner rather than later. All right. So, guys, that's all we got for this edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. I don't know if the slogan needs to be for the 2024 seasons, but it needs to be take the World Series back from the Texas Rangers because we've been getting all the crap from Ranger Nation, the nation as a whole. But, uh, yeah, uh, my name is Eric Heisman. He is Brett Chancy. We are the Locked on Astros podcast, and we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast. Make sure you become an everyday or somebody that listens to our podcast every day. And Brett, what should we, uh, what should they all do? Just subscribe to our YouTube channel and become an everyday or like you said, as always, go Strohs. <laughs>